Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with me for a few moments as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous and favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the teaching of Jesus and His Gospel preaching of the Kingdom has its roots deep in the Hebrew Bible. That three-quarters of our Bible that we call the Old Testament but which really we should refer to as the Hebrew Bible. After all, it was the Bible on which Jesus was trained and reared. All of his teaching is rooted in that Hebrew Bible. We have, of course, exactly the same books in our Old Testament as Jesus had in his Bible. We know this from the fact that in Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus referred to the canon of the Old Testament, the authoritative books which he believed to be an inspired record divinely revealed to the people of Israel. You'll remember, of course, that Jesus said that salvation comes from the Jews. The Jews, as they well knew, were the chosen nation. God dealt with no other nation in the same way as he did with the Jewish people. And it was to the Jewish people that he granted the great revelation of his ongoing plan, the unfolding drama which God is working out in the earth through his principal agent and spokesman, the Messiah Jesus. Now, we as Christians are privileged to be part of that great plan. We are let in, so to speak, on God's secrets, secrets contained in the word promise. That famous word, of course, dates from the time of Abraham, where God granted to Abraham certain promises for the future. Those promises consisted of the seed and the soil, we might say. A distinguished descendant of Abraham was to arise, and Abraham was to possess the land. He and that distinguished descendant, the Christ, the Messiah, were to be the recipients of a perpetual ownership of the land. You may be wondering what this has to do with you as a Christian. I hope to show you that you are very much involved with the promise made to Abraham because Messiah, Jesus, is the recipient of that great inheritance, and he shares that inheritance with you as a Christian believer, that inheritance guarantees you a future and a hope. It is only natural then that you'd want to find out the content of that great inheritance promised to you as a believer in Christ. Did you realize that Abraham actually lived in the land of the promise? And that land of promise was not some distant region above the sky, remote from this earth. Abraham lived in the very land that he was one day going to inherit. And while he lived there during his lifetime, he did not own the land. He did not come into possession of the inheritance that God had guaranteed him. Now, God actually made a covenant with Abraham to give him this promise of the land in the future. And God bound that covenant with a solemn oath. We learn in Psalm 105, verse 42, that God remembered his holy word and Abraham his servant. The whole future of Israel, all the deliverances which God promised to Israel are concentrated in this great promise made to Abraham. And again you may be wondering, well that's all right for Israel, but what about me as a Christian? The exciting truth of the New Testament is that if you belong to Christ, if you're a believer in Christ and have been baptized and are walking in faith, 
walking in the truth of the Bible, then you are reckoned as the seed of Abraham. You're reckoned as an Israelite, in other words, and you too become heir of the very same promise made to Abraham and the very same promise made to Jesus Christ himself. It's a question of Abraham, Jesus, and you. Your future as a Christian is inextricably bound up with the promise made to Abraham, the promise of the land in perpetuity, and the promise made to Jesus Christ. In Galatians 3 and verse 14, we read that the blessing of Abraham is going to come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. But not only do we receive the promise of the Spirit, that is a down payment of a great future blessing, and that blessing is the inheritance based on the promise made to Abraham. In verse 18 of Galatians 3, we read that if the inheritance is based on law, it's no longer based on a promise. But God granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. And that same promised inheritance was further granted to the seed, the distinguished seed who would be the promised son of Abraham. And that seed is Jesus Christ. That same promise is available then to all who have faith in Jesus Christ, and they then become the recipients of the same inheritance in the future. Did you realize that both you and Abraham and Jesus are heirs of the same promise? Didn't Paul say in Romans 8 that we are fellow heirs with the Messiah, and we're fellow heirs of the great land promise made to Abraham? Blessed are the meek, Jesus said, they're going to receive the land as their inheritance. Matthew 5, verse 5. Indeed, they're going to rule as kings upon the land or the earth. Revelation 5, verse 10. The word for land in our Greek New Testament is the same as the word for earth. In Matthew 5, verse 5, Jesus was quoting from Psalm 37, in which no less than six times the faithful are guaranteed the possession of the land as their reward. Jesus confirmed that promise. Indeed, Paul said in Romans 15, verse 8, that Jesus Christ came to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, to the fathers, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so whatever inheritance is promised to Abraham is promised also to Jesus, and it's promised to you as a Christian. You'll note there's nothing here about going to heaven at death. That promise is not given by the Bible. What is promised is a permanent inheritance and possession of the land, the very same promise which God swore in a solemn oath-bound covenant to give to Abraham and his seed. The conclusion of Paul's argument in Galatians 3, verse 29, is very straightforward. If you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what you are ethnically, if you're a Christian of any race or nation, then you are heir of the promise made to Abraham. You are reckoned as the descendants of Abraham, and you are destined to receive the great blessings which God promised to Abraham. The blessing given to Abraham is defined precisely in Genesis 28 and verse 4. It's described there as the blessing of the possession of the land in perpetuity. Genesis 28 and verse 4. And in Galatians 3, verse 14, Paul said that in Christ, that's to say, in union with Christ, as joined to Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham is now made available for
for all the Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ and follow his teachings. The half-brother of Jesus, James, the leader of the Jerusalem church, makes exactly the same point. Listen, my beloved brethren, he says in chapter 2 and verse 5 of his little book, the book of James, Did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? And to be an heir of the kingdom is to be an heir of the crown of life. In James 1.12, he gave us further information about our Christian future. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The whole Christian future, therefore, is bound up with the great promise, and that promise was the promise of the seed, Christ himself, and the soil, the inheritance of the land, a permanent residence in the renewed earth of the future. When the world is reborn, Jesus said, in that new world of the future, the apostles are going to be seated on twelve thrones to administer the tribes of Israel regathered in the land, Matthew 19:28 and Luke 22:28 to 30. Don't you know that the saints are going to manage the world, Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, 2, and if the world is to come under your jurisdiction, can you not settle your petty squabbles in the church now? Paul, you see, realized that the function of the Christians in the future was to administer a new order of society on the earth. Blessed indeed are those who are gentle in spirit. They're going to have the earth as their inheritance. May I urge you to consider this very simple truth that the Christian future in the Bible is not to go to heaven as a disembodied soul. It is to rule the world on the earth with Messiah when Messiah returns to establish the kingdom. If you read carefully through the third chapter of the book of Galatians, you'll find that repeatedly the promise made to the Christians is exactly the same as the promise made to Abraham. In verse 7 we read, that the real sons of Abraham are those who rely on faith in Christ Jesus. The gospel indeed was preached beforehand to Abraham, Galatians 3 verse 8, and those who rely on faith in Jesus are to be blessed along with Abraham, the believer, Abraham the Christian. Abraham, you see, was a Christian before the time of Christ by anticipation that Christ was going to come and by believing in the promise made not only to him, but made also to Christ. The blessing of Abraham, we read in Galatians 3.14, is to come to the Gentiles. And the promises were made to Abraham, Galatians 3, verse 16. And they were made not only to Abraham, but they were made to his seed, his offspring. And Paul added there, it doesn't say to Abraham's offsprings, in the plural, but in the singular, and to your offspring. And that offspring, Paul said, is Christ. You see then that the promises, the great contractual promises made by God, were made firstly to Abraham, they were made to his distinguished seed, the Messiah, but they're made also to you, if you're a Christian, relying on the death of Christ to forgive you, and walking in faith and love according to the law of Christ, not, I add, the law of Moses, but the law of Christ. And so the promise is the promise of the inheritance of the land or the kingdom of God, 
was made to Abraham, was made to Jesus, and it's made to you. Here it is again, repeatedly in Galatians 3. In verse 18, we read that if the inheritance, the inheritance of the land and the promised kingdom, if that inheritance is to be based on law, then it cannot be based on promise. But, Paul says, it was by promise that God bestowed it on Abraham. And in the next verse, verse 19 of Galatians 3, the promise is to be given to the promised seed, who is Christ. And down in verse 22, the very same promised inheritance is to be given to those who have faith. And finally, in Galatians 3.29, the conclusion of Paul's whole argument, if you are a Christian, then you are reckoned to be Abraham's offspring and you become heirs of the promise made to Abraham. In chapter 4 and verse 1 of Galatians, Paul notes that an heir is the Lord of the property. Do you realize that God is offering you a position as a landowner, in fact as an owner of the world with Christ? You're going to manage the world with Christ, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 2. You're going to rule on the land or the earth as a king with Christ, Revelation 5 verse 10. You're going, in fact, to inherit the earth, the land, the great land or property promise made by the contract between God and Abraham, Genesis 12, Genesis 13, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17. We invite you to write to us or call us for the free book on the kingdom of God, also a book entitled What Happens When We Die, and several articles on the contract or covenant made with Abraham. Join us again for our continued discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.